at nearly two dozen Oregon workplaces that would later suffer major COVID-19 outbreaks, state regulators got an early heads up in the form of complaints from workers or their representatives. State officials inspected just two of these factories, prisons, and other potential hotspots before the virus ripped through, sickening dozens in each case. I'm Andrew Thien, and this is Beat Check with the Oregonian. Investigative reporter Rob Davis and business reporter Jamie Goldberg analyzed thousands of workplace complaints and found that state officials missed warning signs at many job sites across Oregon. Davis talked about their story, how they went about analyzing the thousands of complaints, what it says about Oregon and the nation's handling of COVID-19, and why Oregon is sharing more information about its own failings than most of the country. Here's our conversation. Rob Davis, thanks so much for taking time to talk today. That's my pleasure. Thanks for having me. So, Rob, you and our colleague Jamie Goldberg obtained some 11,000 complaints that allege coronavirus safety violations at workplaces and looked to see how state officials had followed up. What did you find? We got the database of complaints that Oregon OSHA, the state's workplace safety enforcement agency, had, had received from workers all over the state about coronavirus risks in the workplace. You know, there has been a great spread of the virus at work as essential workers in food processing plants in places like prisons, Mm -hmm. um, farms, uh, went to work even as the, the virus was kind of beginning its spread through the state. And what I wanted to know, given that Oregon, alone among West Coast states, is actually reporting the locations of outbreaks. I wanted to know how many of the large outbreaks that we've seen in Oregon, how many times had OSHA gotten a complaint about something before there was an outbreak? How many red flags had there been? Were there complaints that didn't get a response, that didn't get an inspection between the time that a worker or an advocate complained and the time that an outbreak started. And what we found was that among the 35 largest outbreaks in, in Oregon, the state got warnings before 23 of them. Mm. They got complaints about something, you know, masks weren't being worn or people were coming to work sick or people were being required to come to work sick or there were positive cases and nobody was told about it. 35 outbreaks, 23 warnings. And what I think you could describe as an anemic response from Oregon OSHA in terms of the inspections that were conducted as a result. Of the the 23 places where there were outbreaks and warnings beforehand, just two had an inspector arrive sometime between the complaint and the outbreak. And so when you're you're looking at, you know, the, the potential universe of missed opportunities, and we live obviously in a country of missed opportunities on COVID, <laughs> um, yeah. but we live in a state that is rife with missed opportunities to control the spread of this virus. Um, and, you know, this is yet another one 
the folks at Oregon OSHA have been obviously overwhelmed by 11,000 complaints. It's unprecedented for them. Um, they have an enforcement workforce of about 75 people, um, you know, a $13.5 million enforcement budget. And they have been in triage mode with phone calls and letters, you know, that they have been writing, emails that they've been writing to businesses to ensure that they're complying. But when the business writes back and says, yep, we're complying, that's it. That's that's as far as they go. Um, You know, they very, very rarely have actually sent somebody out to verify that businesses are doing what they say that they are. And unlike other issues where there might be an OSHA complaint, whether it's, uh, you know, about um, something not being up to code or ladders not being safe or things of that nature. I mean, this has a ripple effect out into the broader community, right? It's completely different. Well, it does. You know, the um, and I think that's a, that's a great point. Um, you know, nearly a fifth of all the coronavirus cases in the state have a connection to workplace uh, outbreaks. It's almost 10,000 people and you know, 53 deaths that have stemmed from workplace outbreaks. Many of those have happened in prisons and the Oregon OSHA, despite multiple, multiple complaints about prisons across the state, you know, from the very early days of this, when there was mm-hmm. just a mountain of complaints that I think arrived almost overnight, one prison, Snake River, where there have been, you know, deaths into the double digits of prisoners there, they got an early complaint about, you know, the lack of social distancing. It's hard to social distance in a prison. Um, and then they got another complaint in July that prisoners had asked guards to wear masks and they were refusing to do it. Um, and, you know, the, in, on the, the uh, advocate front on prisons, you know, the groups that have sued over this, that they have been complaining that there are few ways to truly know what's happening in prisons and what has fueled the spread there because getting access to these facilities is, is difficult. And, you know, you're, you're looking at one of the few state agencies that has the authority to go into a prison and see whether, you know, the claims that, uh, that, that the Department of Corrections is making, whether they are true or not. And, and they haven't gone in. Um, and, and, you know, it is, um, you know, you can pile that on top of many, um, you know, missed opportunities to stop the spread in prisons. But, um, you know, I think it's, it's, it's one clear, uh, red flag, um, that has not, you know, been, been seen, not been heated. There's, there's a lot that jumps out from your and, uh, Jamie's reporting, but, um, you know, early on in, in the pandemic, it was really the, the workplace spread that was fueling everything. And you found that, you know, the Oregon Health Authority had a role if they chose to, right, to forward businesses that were the site of significant spread. And did they end up doing that? Did, did they forward those um, specific locations to OSHA for investigation? 
like so much that the Oregon Health Authority does and has done on COVID, um, you know, they're going to respectfully decline to answer that question. The, the Oregon Health Authority is a notorious black box for a lot of public information or a lot of information that should be public. And that is yet another one. So we don't know. OHA, as it's known, does have the authority to refer cases to tell OSHA, you need to get in and inspect this place. Uh, presumably, they've done that. You know, they talk about being close partners, but there are no specific guidelines that govern when the state health department refers case to Oregon OSHA. Mm. And OHA wouldn't say whether they've, they've done that. They, they claim that the information was, was confidential. So OSHA did do in inspections where they found violations. What can you tell us about where those locations were? Were they high-risk workplaces? And what, if anything, well, what they determined those employers were doing wrong? Yeah, I mean, the, they've gotten into, you know, as of November 3rd, they had inspected just more than 200, like 237 um, they've conducted 237 inspections. It's about mm -hmm. since the pandemic began, it's about one a day. And the most noteworthy fines that they have levied were against a couple of businesses that didn't follow state guidance. This was a cafe in Salem and a pharmacy in Lakeview. And these were places where they had gone in, conducted an inspection had directed mm -hmm. these workplaces to make changes. A lot of what OSHA does is meant to be cooperative, right? They're not, um, you know, they, they do not view themselves necessarily as, um, you know, the, the, the workforce legal strike team coming in to, <laughs> you know, uh, trick somebody into doing something wrong and then trap them and whatever else. They, 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 they try to be cooperative. And, you know, like is, evident to anybody who pays attention to to the way that the, the pandemic has been handled by some segment of the population. You know, there has been willful defiance across the country, you know, from the president on down to this notion that wearing a mask might be a good idea and help a controlled spread of the virus. And so that from, from OSHA's telling of it had, you know, been the mindset at, at these businesses where OSHA went in and said, here's what you need to do to come in compliance. And the businesses essentially just fobbed them off and said that they were not going to do anything. And at, at the time that these fines were levied in Lake mm -hmm. County and in Polk County, there were no active workplace outbreaks. And so, you know, these were not... Um, you know, the meat packing plants and seafood processing plants that from the very early days were such a source of concern for the rapid, rapid spread of this virus. These were just businesses willfully refusing to do what the governor and, and others had, had required of them. What recourse do workers have, Rob, to protect themselves when their employers, um, in some cases, willfully fail to do so? Uh, that's an excellent question. And I think that that highlights the role that OSHA can be playing in this. 
there is often very little recourse for workers who need their paychecks and have absolutely no choice but to go to work. Employees of essential businesses across the state have taken on risks that many folks are in a place of privilege to not have to take on. It has been, and I think that you see this in in the response that that everybody is kind of um, borne witness to across the state, we had a pretty rapid uptake of an entirely new world order in the state mm-hmm. uh, in terms of you know what was socially acceptable and unacceptable from whether you're wearing a mask when you're walking with a dog to having the mask on at work, um, you know, establishing plexiglass dividers, you know, moving things to remote work or, um, you know, trying to um, reorder the output at a particular workplace to make sure that if you were producing two items and one required work workers to be close together and the other uh, didn't that you prioritized, you know, the, the production um, that, that allowed for social distancing. And, and, and so, you know, it has been just a time of huge upheaval um, and there, there has been, um, you know, clear uptake at so many workplaces across the state, but it, remains to be seen, I think, how clearly that message is still consistently being received, even in in places like state-run facilities right. where outbreaks continue to fester. And these are so many ways that for, you know, these are people who have been accused or, or, or convicted of crimes, but are kind of shunted to, you know, the bottom of the pile in society, right? And, and they're bearing the brunt of it. And, you know, the, the virus, uh, doesn't stop at the prison walls when, when workers go home either. And so, like so many things, when you look at, this from kind of an analytical lens and it just, you know, there's just one missed opportunity after another, after another, after another. I I do think that it is worth noting, you know, that it is to the state's credit that we are able to even know this myself and other reporters across the state very early on made it clear to the governor and to OHA the state legislators and all the rest of it, that transparency on the pandemic was going to be exceptionally important, that it was in fact a matter of life or death. And the the result of that has been, despite OHA not answering plenty of questions and not releasing plenty of information, they are saying where these outbreaks are occurring. And, and it allows us to not only know where the senior care facilities are that are hotspots, what mm-hmm. what is going on in them, and to understand the depth of the suffering in those facilities, the depth of suffering in the state's prison systems, and the spread of the virus throughout the workplace. That's not information that, you know, it, I've got colleagues in California who are suing to find out where workplace outbreaks are. And, you know, 
state officials, county officials are just delaying, delaying, delaying. And so we're, we are able to, at least in Oregon, and, and it is not often, it is not often <laughs> that Oregon is a unique on the West Coast yeah. in going further than the other states. I mean, it is uh, just a welcome ray of sunlight here that we know where these outbreaks are and that we can see whether OSHA complaints have been effective, whether workers' complaints have been heard and responded to. Um, you know, that's just not something that you would be able to know if you lived across the river in Washington, which, by the way, has conducted way more inspections than Oregon. Let's take a break and come back and talk more with Rob Davis, investigative reporter at The Oregonian and Oregon Live. I wanted to ask about another topic we've talked about, um, kind of racial disparities uh, in the uh, infection rates here in Oregon, and it's a national trend as well. But I mean, can you talk about the nexus of, you know, what do we know about the types of workplaces that are have seen some of these complaints and how that fits with the racial disparities we've seen is is one driving the other? Absolutely. What you see when you look at where these outbreaks uh, have occurred, you know, they have been dominated by the prison system, you know, uh, four of the state's biggest outbreaks, five of the state's biggest outbreaks have been in prisons. But then it is places like the French fry plant, uh, farm, uh, fruit packer, seafood, uh, a couple of Amazon warehouses, uh, Walmart distribution center, you know, the, the food supply system. It is places where workers are often undocumented and feel like they have no recourse at all. Mm-hmm. You know, where the idea of filing a complaint to begin with is just not an option, not something that people feel like they can do. And so as you go down the list of where these outbreaks have, have occurred, you know, and, and, the, and the prison system, which is, you know, I mean, the, the, the worst outbreak in the state is, is at the Snake River Correctional Institution in Eastern Oregon, where there are more than 500 cases that have been, been tracked to that ongoing outbreak. Um, and so, you know, it is, um, you know, the, the essential workforce um, that has been kind of put on the front line of this and is um, suffering as a result so that, you know, store shelves stay stocked. And those are disproportionately people of color in Oregon. Absolutely. You know, the pandemic, Rob, has placed everyone under, you know, extraordinary pressure and we're facing just unreal circumstances, but now we've been living in it for a while. Um, do you think your reporting, uh, has shown us anything broader, um, about how Oregon protects workers or is it just, this is chalked up to exceptional circumstances? I think that the indictment here is of our country's failed response to uh, COVID-19 and a pandemic that is unprecedented in our lifetimes. I mean, it would be hard to find ways to say that we could have done it worse 
Um, it has been such a national nightmare of a response. And, and we are now in the thick of the worst part, you know, the, the worst surge. You know, Oregon is breaking records on a daily basis. We've sort of become inured to it. And the, the toll that workers have uh, paid in Oregon is the toll that workers have paid in, you know, the 49 other states as well. Nationally, OSHA, which has not had, uh, you know, the federal OSHA, which has not had a director since January of 2016, when Donald Trump became president of the country, it has not issued anything other than recommendations and guidance and non-binding, uh, you know, uh, uh, response to the pandemic. And so, you know, Oregon in that respect has gone one step farther. It's one of three states that, you know, a week ago uh, adopted temporary rules requiring things like, you know, for, for workers to be notified by their employers when there is an outbreak. You know, again, Oregon's one of three states in the nation with that, and it would be easy to envision a federal OSHA that was operating and prioritizing the lives and livelihoods of workers. They could have acted to adopt rules months ago, um, and, and that hasn't happened. And so, you know, it is... Um, on this pandemic, one breakdown after the other, after the other. It's, it's hard to, it's hard to honestly to, 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 to see, um, because when you get into it and you can see the, 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 you know, the pitfalls and, and how many of them we, we fell into nationally and in Oregon, um, you know, uh, people, so many people have died as a result of it. I'm sure people will study this in years to come. Um, the, you know, if, if we did this, then X amount of lives might've been saved, but you know, that's a uh, cold comfort for so many people around the country. I mean, it's just the mask turning into a political weapon. It's just one of the saddest parts of all of this. And, you know, it is workers and all the rest of us that, that, um, you know, that pay the price for, for that. Well, um, Rob, thank you. And thank you to Jamie Goldberg uh, for your reporting. Um, this is tough stuff, but it's really important. And um, thank you for taking time to talk about it. Hey, thank you for the opportunity. Thanks for listening to Beat Check with the Oregonian. I shared a link to Rob and Jamie's story in the episode notes. If you want to know more about how COVID-19 is affecting people, schools, and the economy, you can subscribe to Oregon Live for access to exclusive stories and analysis. Go to OregonLive.com slash pod support. You can also subscribe to our free text message service to get the latest updates on COVID-19. I shared a link in the episode notes. If you like this show, leave us a rating and review in Apple Podcasts or tell a friend. Help spread the word. Until next time.